Hello, everyone, and thanks for joining us on this episode of Nine to Thrive HR. I'm your host, Jenna Filipkowski. Today, we're featuring a research podcast sponsored by Kronos. In this podcast and its associated research report, we are exploring how talent acquisition is evolving as the world of work changes. And I'm thrilled to personally welcome our guest, Deb Wilson, Human Resource Manager at EPS Security. Welcome, Deb. Thank you so much for having me today. So I'm very curious, just a a broad open question. Obviously, we know it's a candidate's market, and I'm wondering how the competitive nature of the job market has impacted your organization's recruiting strategies. And because of that, what are some of the challenges you may be facing? Finding qualified candidates is definitely a struggle for us like it is other companies right now. Our industry is one that candidates don't go to school for and then come apply. So what we look for is candidates who have experience in electronics or electrical, some IT background that maybe they don't want to go for the full four-year degree and be able to have the opportunity to work at a company that they can grow their career here. Another situation we run into is a broad range of generations and trying to attract the talent for all generations because each one brings a special skill set to our company. So another struggle we have is branding ourselves so that people know who we are and actually look for jobs on our site actively. So yeah, it's challenging for you and I I empathize with that. And obviously in our research, we see the same thing as many organizations are struggling um, to find and attract the candidates they need right now for their workforce. And in our research, we looked at how a particular type of organization, a high-performing organizations, and these are organizations with the best talent and business outcomes. And these high-performing organizations are customizing their recruiting processes based on the type of talent they're recruiting for. And I know at EPS Security, you have a predominantly hourly workforce. So how do you approach that differently than maybe some of the exempt positions you're recruiting for? So on average, we can have 10 non-exempt openings going at a time, and they could be multiple ones for a technician, our call center, customer care, tech support. And when we recruit for these positions, we really focus on the ability for the candidate to be able to grow from within. And when we do have exempt openings, it's exciting to see that we are filling them internally with an hourly employee, and that's a great message that we have for our candidates. And another thing we do promote is our training program here. Over the last five years, we have developed an in-house training program for the hourly employees to come in. They learn a skill set here, and they continue to develop their skill set. And it doesn't require them to go to class at night. Uh, They get paid for their time being in the class. And then when we do have candidates apply, we are very active on responding to them once they apply because knowing it's such a hot market and that they're probably applying to multiple places, we want to make sure we jump on it, contact them, and if they are a qualified candidate, to get them in right away and interview. Another thing we've started doing this year was even to time off. A lot of companies, you don't get the holidays off until after your 90 days, and that started to hinder the time of year that we could recruit. So we now offer paid holidays right away starting on day one and also COBRA reimbursements. Hourly employees are coming in. They are looking at the health insurance costs and thinking that they might have 90 days not having insurance or having to cover it out of their pocket. So we now 
also will reimburse for COBRA. That's great. I'm glad you said the talent mobility piece, because in our research, we found that that's a what high-performing organizations do. They look internally for the talent they need and take that talent development um, mindset when they can. So thanks for sharing that. And I'm also curious, when we talk about the candidate's market and customization of recruiting processes, how are you leveraging technology and, in particular, data in the recruiting process? And how or maybe have you changed your approach to both of those two things recently? So the biggest thing is having a good ATS, and it is critical to be utilizing it to its full capacity to get that data out there that you need to see how you need to change your recruiting. So with the technology that we have now with our software is we see when employees enter into the system and start applying and where the drop-off rate is. If we see in one section that a candidate stops applying, and we see that in multiple scenarios, we will readjust our application so that it's user-friendly, so that people can apply through any mobile device or laptop. And then also, we big with the social media now, using the Facebook and the LinkedIn, and that's an approach, you know, a few, even a few years ago, we weren't using. We were using just your basic career pages. And also taking advantage of your opportunity to use Indeed and Glassdoor and work on your profile. Candidates are looking at your profile. They want to see that you have a professional website for your own career page and then that you're using Glassdoor and how it's being rated and attracting that talent. Thanks for sharing that. And in our research, too, we see that organizations that are taking this more evolved approach to talent acquisition. They are using more data points. They're looking at data throughout the talent life cycle, so not just one point in time. They're, they're using that data to form the context, which it seems like what you're doing too when you're looking at the whole application process. Where do people fall out? Where do people um, and making adjustments as necessary? So yeah, thank you for sharing that. Um, and also related to uh, probably technology and data, how are you investing in your talent acquisition processes and is this extra recruiters? Are you investing in technology? Are you doing re- more recruitment marketing, employer branding? Where, where are you putting your resources um, going forward, maybe 19, 2020? So over the last few years, our budget has grown for recruiting. And where we are investing is one area is employee referral bonuses. It is a nice way to reward your employee if they refer someone to our company And, you know, we were at $200 for just a referral bonus, and now you can get a $1,000 referral bonus. And another key is we are working closely with our marketing team. Our company has grown our marketing team, giving them more bandwidth and being able to help HR with our branding for recruiting. Career fairs, we are very active in trying to attend all the college career fairs and any other ones in our city. And what we look at for a career fair is maybe it might not be those college students that want to join us because they want a different field that they can use their full four-year degree, but they might know somebody and refer them to EPS. It goes back to branding us and getting our name out there so that people will start looking at EPS as a place to go to start their career. And then we also are offering walk-in interviews. And this is more time-consuming for HR. You have to make sure you don't book your day too much. But giving the opportunity for candidates to call ahead that day 
and say, can I come in at 10 a.m. or just walk in and that someone is available in HR to do that first initial interview and screen them because maybe they don't have the time right away to apply, but we just want to make sure that we don't miss out on an opportunity of somebody coming in. Another area, you know, that we invest in, too, is our job postings. We now make sure that we advertise on them and that we sponsor them so they hit the top of the page because another concern is that we continuously have the same openings and we don't want them to look stale. So we want to make sure that we are refreshing our postings, that we're changing them up so we can attract other people to look at what openings that we have. First off, we did research on employee referrals as such a smart way to increase the number of um, candidates you're looking at. We did the research on that a few years ago, and that's such a – it's just a smart way to capitalize on the the networks you already have around your organization. Then you also mentioned employer branding and recruitment marketing. That's one thing from this research report that HCI is producing with Kronos that um, organizations are definitely making more investments in. They want to get their messages across and communication. Um, so, yeah, very interesting stuff. Thank you. And we talked a lot about changes you're making, investments you're making. How has the need to shift your recruiting practices affected other areas of HR? And I'm assuming that it has, but if it hasn't, also let me know. Um, And when we think about other areas of HR, like your rewards programs, compensation, talent management, leadership development, how are those changing as well? So compensation, I feel like, is always the one that starts a conversation with any candidate. And we do need to stay competitive in the market to start off our employees on a rate of pay that is competitive. However, We want to make sure when talking to employees, they do see the full compensation package, the full total rewards program that we offer. I mean, we hit this hard with our candidates right in the interview process. So if they're interviewing somewhere else, they know everything we're offering. So not only have we started upping our starting pay for our positions, we have the ability for them to grow in their position and achieve levels, and then when they achieve a level, they earn an additional merit increase, and it can be up to a $2 increase. And this is on top of your annual merit increase. So this has definitely helped develop and retain our employees. And we look at our total rewards program, and it goes back to each generation is looking for something different. So we want to make sure that a whole package is meeting all of our employees' needs. We have some They care about what's being funded by the company into their HSA or in their 401k, where others who are still new in their career and that they want to make sure that they have the ability to still continue to grow. And we are working on succession planning for 2019 and to identify our employees that we see as potential replacements for other positions inside the company and how can we help continue to develop them and continue their interest at EPS. And then even looking at our health insurance plan, this year we've made it more rich and the company knows that they need to invest more in the insurance plan because a lot of people do care about that at the end of the day of how much money am I paying for my health insurance. Yes, absolutely. And lastly, I'm also curious, what are you most excited about in HR and talent acquisition right now? So what I am excited about is a couple things. It is great to see how we have actually have grown our branding, and it still has a lot of work to go, 
but that we are getting our employees in and we're seeing the employee engagement. We are also excited about how our onboarding program is growing and that our employees are engaged in it and are excited to be here and that going back to the employee referrals, that we have had one person have four employee referrals, that we are now coming to that point of a good engagement of our employees. They are spreading the word about how great it is to work here and that they can help recruit for us. And I also enjoy the different generations and seeing that they're all coming into our company and thriving in their area of expertise. I think that is a great message to send out there to potential candidates. Well, I'm so glad you mentioned onboarding. So Kronos and, and HCI studied the practices of onboarding last year, and we found that organizations have a lot of room to grow in their onboarding practices. And that research report is entitled New Hire Momentum, and you can find it on hci.org. So I just want to do a little plug for that while I have the opportunity. Um, but this has been great, Deb. Thank you for sharing all the things that you're doing as a, a high-performing organization and using talent acquisition processes to meet the needs of your workforce. So thank you for your time today. Well, I really appreciate this opportunity. Thank you. And audience, be sure to subscribe to this podcast if you enjoyed today's episode. You can find HCI in iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and on the YouTube channel, HCI Talent. If you're listening on iTunes, we'd love to get your rating and review. It helps other professionals and like-minded people discover the program. I'd like to close by saying thank you to our listeners for spending time with us. From all of us at HCI, thanks for listening.